Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, Well, uh, we spoke to Michael Duff, the Cheltenham Town Manager, who was telling us more about his lucky gilet. Uh, All will be explained. We brought you some... uh, Clips of the week, pewter. We just delved into some old clips. Warts and all from 2010 from the World Cup period. And there were some rather good ones in there, including a few you've heard subsequently. And uh, on an altogether more serious note, we spoke to Cheat and the Ruler, Indian cricket expert, about uh, whether the IPL should continue with the terrible COVID outbreak that's going on in the country. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, Fletch had the story in his headlines. Uh, Arsenal fans have urged Spotify owner Daniel Ek to purchase the club. Buy Ek, they said. Yeah, they, they probably would have done. Yeah, I would have. That would be the big banner, wouldn't it? Buy Ek. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> go down a storm. Anyway, it does great. Seem, to, uh, yeah, sorry, I was going to say, there does seem to be a, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, it does feel there could be something in this. But, I mean, does Stan Kroenke want to sell? This is the bottom line, isn't it? All these owners of the clubs, as we see, you can put a consortium together, but unless it kind of blows every other offer completely out of the water and it's an offer he can't refuse, which would have to be, you know, substantial, can you see it happening, really? They're not, they're not going to give these clubs up because they make no. a lot of money from them. That's exactly right. They're not. But it was great, on the other hand, to hear the fans cheer the first corner yesterday at Wembley, gladdened the heart and booing Larice for time-wasting. Yeah. It was marvellous. Really. It was so good, wasn't it, to hear it? And uh, did anyone miss the fake crowd, though? Did people think, oh, no, this mm. sounds a bit flat. I prefer the artificial sound. Because there was an amazing one on the, in the Chelsea-West Ham game when uh, Chris Kavanagh gave that ridiculous red card. I think it was exhaustion that forced him to do it. He had to run so far to the screen <laughs> at the London Stadium. I've come all this anyway. way now might as well do something about <laughs> well, yeah, it yeah. but it, it yeah. is good Andy to, to after after a year of not hearing fans which was lovely and refreshing it, it, it was good to see some of the things that have been happening throughout the year like um, um, Serge Aurier giving away pointless free kicks you know that lead to goals so <laughs> oh, some things some things will never change uh, <laughs> that's very true headless chicken but, that he is 
But in that red card that Chris Kavanagh gave, the, the fake crowd took ages to realise it was a red. The reaction was so ridiculous. You knew he was going to get it out, so you thought they'd be ready for it, but they weren't. So uh, there we go. But it was great to have the real thing back. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's funny. Since the ESL thing, everybody wants the big six to lose. You know, that's fair enough. I mean, I can understand why they're completely and utterly unpopular. Mm. But uh, I did think, I uh, thought Chris Coleman on Saturday, he was desperate for West Ham to score. <laughs> Honestly, he was so disappointed when Chelsea he scored well, because that's against the run of the play you think well it wasn't really West Ham had, had about 10 minutes of, of pressure but Chelsea had, had all the play and it was good football it was a great goal from mm. back to front you know it's not the players fault you know really but I understand why people are unhappy you know it's, it's, it's a reasonable thing you know they, they had, did behave badly and uh, we had a wonderful example of David Ellery's dual standard handball over the weekend we had Callum Wilson uh, the goal disallowed absolutely no difference to Aspilicueta's which kept the ball out out, but he's a defender, so that's not handball. But the other one's an attacker, so it's hand. Can you have that in a sport? You can't have different rules for different parts of the pitch. Go back to the old rule and at the same time fire Ellery. That'll be a lot of good job. That'll be, I think, if you did that. Good. Be, I'd be make me happy anyway. Mm. And um, what else? Oh, yeah, did you see this? Uh, Paul Farbrace, the Warwickshire uh, chief executive in cricket, has been talking about the Canadian Premier League. Did you know that there was such a thing? I, I didn't know. Well, in, in the uh, world of cricket, there's Canadian Premier yeah, League. Yeah, world of cricket, Canadian Premier League. Mm-hmm. So I did uh, come up with, yeah, Canadian cricketers. I've got Andy Cannock. Maple Dev and Fred Trudeau. Oh, <laughs> FS Trudeau. That's very FS good. Come Trudeau. on, let's have. Let's have the Canadian cricketers. Is there's got to be a moose in there somewhere, isn't there? They'll yeah, come. They'll yeah. come up. They'll come up with it then. So go and give that to the listeners. Staying with cricket, we've got something else to get them working mm. with today. Uh, fantastic story of, of a young lad playing his uh, first game in men's cricket, taking four wickets in four balls. It was his senior debut which was pretty mm. impressive. Owen Forbes. Very impressive. Allendale Cricket Club. But imagine being with one of those four batsmen. They say models himself on um, on Stuart Broad. So he's obviously got, you know, swings the ball. Sounds like a decent bowler. But 12-year-old to go into men's cricket. You can imagine if he was like a, a great spinner. And that's what mm. was bamboozling him. But this, you know, he's, he's a seamer. And, and there he is taking four wickets, which is pretty impressive. So uh, we like to hear about your tales of being embarrassed by the kids from a sporting point of view. Yeah, along four with, in successive balls, yeah, not I mean, just four wickets. That's yeah, amazing, that's amazing. It? So uh, it do let us know your tales <laughs> in cricket or indeed any other sport or in life. Well, it's always a joy, of course, when your team fails to turn up for a cup final. <laughs> once again, we, we've, once again, we have uh, stepped up to the plate and uh, done that. Yeah. It was a very... I mean, it, 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 I heard Jamie O'Hara talking about it on Sky last night, and it does play into that narrative that had Jose kept his job, it would have been all so, so different, you know, because oh, he is no, a serial winner. But I'd not noticed anything in the last three or four months to suggest that that was going to change. I look at what's happened. Some of these players mm. seem traumatised to me. I look at someone like Regulon. I watched him for Sevilla and I thought, what a player he is. He looks no, so great good. when he came in, before but he got injured for you Spurs. You watch him now, terrific. though. He, he, he basically runs 10 yards and he's looking behind him. He's desperate to offload it. He's looking inside. He's looking behind. He plays. I don't think he's played that many balls backwards in his whole career as he has at Tottenham. <laughs> and I, I look at a player like that and I, th- I just wonder if it was the kind of post... It was like a, a Mourinho PTSD. They went out in that <laughs> cup final and you could see Ryan Mason saying, get forward, get up the pitch. He was trying to do it. But I just think that they're traumatised. They're just so used now to just playing it around the back and sitting deep in a low block that they didn't know what to do. It was... Uh, 
pretty standard. They let City play. You saw yeah. Chelsea last week. They didn't let City settle on the board. Yeah, they, they played better than they did against uh, Chelsea, though, yeah. I think, didn't they? No, they I think they, they slightly did, but I think Chelsea played better than Spurs. It's oh, hard God, to think. yeah, not tell. much. Yes. You know, um, but, uh, I, I Hoiberg blaming Regulon, though. That was fabulous. Yeah, wasn't the, after his overhit pass. He's looking at him, you think, well, if you're ball, you just kicked it out. Yeah, that was very... That was very taken a I shot. Also, I also look at some of the players that, that have not trained on since they've been bought there, and this could be a Jose thing or not, but I look at someone like Stephen Bergwijn, and I think... If he was at Leicester, if he'd gone to Leicester, he'd be like Tielemans now. He'd have a lot of confidence. He'd be playing regularly. He'd be playing well. He'd be playing in a position that he was bought for, not a surrogate left-back, which he was asked to play. And, it, it, you know, the, the, this player, he's, he's been hung out of dry quite a lot these days. People think he's a busted flush. He's no good. Well, I think he's a decent player. But, again, I think he's someone who needs to get his confidence back. So, I, you know, it's a lot. there's an awful lot wrong at the club. Maybe some well, of that we'll one, touch on with Motti later on. One thing Jose would have done, though, he, he would have asked for Paul Tier to get a winner's medal in the aftermatch oh, yeah. interview. He definitely he would have won. There's an extra one. He would have given him his. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, it wasn't a great... I mean, a bit... We're talking about the Oscars being a little bit low-key. <laughs> but just having a little box of medals sitting there, and not a lot of people were going for the Carabao energy drink, were they? Really? There's been an awful lot of that left at the end. But the it was a bit of a, a bit of a, a blow for the sponsors. But um, put it... I thought, quite to put it in front of the medals... Uh, to put the little cans of drink in front of the medals and watch all the players reach over that, not go. I th- you would have thought the marketing people had said, look, even if you don't drink it, just take a can of Carabao. Just take one <laughs> yeah, with you. Even if you yeah. tip it down the sink. <laughs> even even if you give it to somebody in the crowd, which you can do, well, you can't do that probably. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Andy mentioned earlier on, he discovered at the weekend that there is a Canadian... Super League in the world of cricket. We had no idea they were playing that much cricket in Canada. So uh, Morgan in Chingford said, what about Montreal Panasar? Um, uh, bowling to Syrup Ganguly. I don't know about that. Um, um, Lumberjack Russell, says Mr Warburton. And then there's, of course, Mountie Panasar, says Gibbo in Wadey Bridge. Very good, yeah. Uh, so this is a good one. Uh, Sir Colin Calgary. Well done. Didn't put the name Very on that. Good. And uh, the old Middlesex <laughs> and England spinner, Phil Edmonton. Uh, Nigel. <laughs> Nigel, that was well done. You're coming up with Canadian cricketers. God bless you. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Horrifying pictures, of course, in the news coming out of India around uh, the virus. Uh, hugely increased death, ch- death toll around the new variant. And there are some serious questions being asked about whether the uh, IPL cricket should continue. Uh, some say it's a necessary distraction that's keeping people at home, so hopefully safe. Others saying it's not right with so many people dying uh, and suffering that they should continue playing cricket. A number of players uh, of uh, Adam Zampa came Richardson, uh, among them have uh, headed home. One or two, Ashwin. The, yeah, Ashwin has, has left. One or two other players have got family members suffering and have stepped back to, from the tournament. So let's uh, speak now to uh, Cheat Naruda, uh, journalist and cr- cricket expert over in India. Good afternoon, Cheat. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good, good to talk to you. It's, it's, um, it is a difficult argument. It was Adam Gilchrist, um, the former Australian wicketkeeper, who posed that question. Frightening COVID numbers. IPL continues. Inappropriate or important distraction? And I looked at the amount of replies, most coming from people in India, and the, the, the great majority feel that it is uh, a welcome distraction. And as I said, it is a way for people to stay indoors and watch sport and therefore not expose themselves to the virus. Well, the straight answer is I don't know. To be honest, <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's a. It's that sort of a 
quandary, if you can say so. I mean, on the one hand, IPL provides, uh, let's keep the entertainment factor aside a bit. It provides necessary employment to the um, the hotel industry, the travel industry, the broadcasting industry, the cricketers, the cricketing industry, and at the other t- and on the other hand, there's so much happening outside the bio bubble that the IPL is being played in. So, look, it's tough because uh, everybody's on Twitter and trying to forward messages and trying to help anybody else and everybody else that they can. Um, there's just so much angst um, around the central government, the state government, and it's all justified. Um, but again, the IPL, it's, again, like I said, I don't know what's right or wrong. What I do know is that yesterday, and I'm just giving you my example, yesterday I was really down and out and really stressed about the whole situation. And what helped me was tuning into Chennai Super Kings and Royal Challengers Bangalore's game. So, um, it's working for a lot of people. Um, everybody's dealing with the situation in different ways. But again, like I said, nobody knows what's the right call here. Only the people who make these decisions know what's the right call here. You have to hand it to the players. Uh, I watched a bit of that game too, uh, Cheaton and uh, Jadeja's 37 off the final over. It was just remarkable. The cricket is still incredible. But I was just wondering, what, have the IPL bosses themselves talked about this? Has there been any just sort of high-level discussion about what to do? Um, yes and no. And there are some sections of the IPL that have had discussions about it. Most of them want it to continue uh, because obviously there's a lot of money at stake, the international cricket calendar. I don't know what's going to happen in the future with the World Test Championship or India's Tour of England or in fact the T20 World Cup because the situation in India is so dire at the moment. But there is just no space to stop now and play it again. So as long as the bio bubble is not breached, as long as the players are safe and everything else around it is safe, from what I hear, they're just going to keep on playing it. But at the same time, yes, there's this moral question whether you should keep playing it. And again, again, I can't stress this enough. I just don't know. I, I see one or two newspapers in India have decided yeah. not to cover the event. They feel yeah. it's, it is morally wrong and have taken quite a strong stance against it. Well, that's their stance. Uh, my personal opinion is, yes, there's a lot going on outside. Uh, you should stop covering all sports and entertainment if that's the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, the IPL at times can be a soft target. It's, every year there's a controversy around it. Sometimes it's irrigation. Sometimes it's something else. So IPL can be a soft target at times. The newspaper in question should ask itself whether it's covering other sports or whether it's covering entertainment. And if not, then they are absolutely justified. Uh, again, it's a moral question and everybody has to take uh, a moral justification for themselves. Nobody can say whether what they think is right or wrong. One of the most important voices in Indian cricket, of course, is the captain, Virat Kohli. Uh, has he sort of had any public utterances on this? Um, he did come out with a video which was broadcast on the Royal Challengers Royal Challenger Bangalore's social media, where he asked the people to stay inside, to mask up. Um, That's the best he can do, to be honest. He's a cricketer. He's not a health, um, you know, he's not a health helper or he's he's not part of the government. That's the best he can do. He can just plead and he can send out messages to the people. I think these messages have already been conveyed to the people. I think the people already know that they need to stay at home. They need to mask up and 
they need to take care of their loved ones at this point. So yeah, Virat Kohli has said that, but uh, should he say more? Should he do more? I Again, I don't know. The organisers, Chitin, have said that the, the bio bubble is, is secure and absolutely intact and those players yes. that are out there from around the world and from India are, are safe within that. But a number of the players <clears throat> have still decided to leave and I think the other aspect of it is that they're worried about getting back into their own countries should we see an increase in cases. It's not so much the bubble that's worrying them, it's, it's the concern that if they spend another month in India, their own countries could maybe close the borders, they can find themselves back in quarantine again. Well, yes, I think um, there's there's two points in there. Yes, first of all, the bio-bubbles are secure. From what I understand, the teams have a couple of layerings of the bio-bubbles. And for example, Mumbai Indians, they have a very, very strict regime in terms of bio-bubbles. I can't go into the details. Uh, apologies for that. But they have a very strict regime. Um, there are other franchises who are employing similar strict regimes. The BCCI broadcasting team, Star Sports broadcasting team. I've spoken to a couple of commentators. And also, the bio-bubble is very strict. We had some breaches at the start, but they were all taken care of before the tournament started. So... In that sense, it is smooth sailing. But again, uh, yes, the fears of the cricketers are not invalid. Australia, as it is, does not have a bio-bubble or a flying bubble with India. There's, there's no flights between India and Australia. They need to reroute themselves through Singapore or Dubai. or I mean, again, I don't know. Uh, UK, as you would know, has put India on the red list. UAE has put India on the red list. Other countries are following suit. So that is a problem, yes. Uh, but... Uh, we haven't seen a mass exodus of players just as yet. If that happens, and I say if, that's a very big if. If that happens, then probably the IPL powers might decide to halt the tournament. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Now, Andy, did you yes. realise, and you were telling us earlier on there is a, a Canadian Cricket Super League. That was great information, uh, yeah. which is why we've got uh, British... Uh, Colombian Bell that doesn't quite work John Williamson um, what else have we got uh, Alvin Cali Saskatchewan says Dan the Fulham fan uh, we are looking for Canadian cricketers uh, today as Andy has come up with this did you know it's the start of the croquet season I didn't know there was a I suppose it stands to reason you can't play it in thick mud can you but uh, I saw a picture the croquet season starts at the Bishop's Palace and Gardens the home of croquet of course course yesterday but what's your croquet pre-season like all the build up to the it must be fantastic (laughs) all the players all looking knackered didn't get a full pre-season and I'm not this good this year Do they play on an artificial surface? They could play in the winter doing that, I suppose. I suppose they're giving it far too much thought. But, yeah, they they possibly could. That's right. Wouldn't be good, really. And uh, what else? Uh, we're always going on about Peter Walton. I mean, he doesn't like to criticise the other rest, but honestly, no. yesterday he was talking about Peel, Paul Tierney, and he said, uh, "I think Paul Tierney felt it was early enough to give Laporte a chance." Think, yeah. Oh, come on! That's, uh, that is a booking every single. Doesn't matter what time of the game mm. it happens, you've got to book players for that. Come on. Yeah, I, 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 I would say what everybody else has said, though. You know, although we know City don't well, indulge in, they don't indulge in tactical fouls, of course. Perish oh, no, the thought, no. but once you've the whole point of the you know you share the love around amongst your players, so you do the first one, you don't do the second. So it was a yeah. fairly pointless argument, really, wasn't it? And plus the and fact, you, well, yeah. if, 
you look at what he says, when the Tottenham players are crowding around saying, why aren't you booking him? I think there was one, was it Regulon? I can't remember, but he let a Tottenham player off of one that uh, tackle on Foden. That re- and he was basically saying, look, I've given you boys one, I'm giving them one as well. So I think it was a bit of a trade-off, really. And we know referees act like that, even if they say they don't. Yeah. The trouble is, it's a free pass to do another one straight away, you know, which yeah. is exactly what Laporte did. But uh, there you go. I've been taking to, I've taken to watching Chelsea's women. I'm really enjoying Have it. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, they've got a good team, and uh, uh, especially the the women's ch- uh, Champions League. Actually, the standard is really high. They played so, Bayern yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Unfortunately, they lost. So I got quite annoyed, really. But uh, and it was. Uh, but the football, the standard's really good. It was a shame, though, the, the Bayern's winning goal, the keeper dived and she hit her head on the post, which was a bit nasty, really. Oh dear. So, but she recovered, so that was all right. But it's only the first leg, and we'll see what happens. And Emma Hayes went a bit Jose after the match. Got a bit sweary, like, didn't she? Well, yeah, she did. She, started, mm. she got a bit knocked about being asked about one of the players and, and did that thing that all managers do, which got a bit shirty with the press. You think it's not their fault you lost, is it, really? <laughs> there you go. What can you do? It's what they do. Mm. And uh, you've always gone on and on about Aurier, and that was such a needless foul yesterday, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, really, honestly. it was. That's the sort of foul that just drives up fans mad. Cause you oh, think, yeah. What did you need to well, do did, that for? He did exactly the same thing against West Ham that led to that equaliser in the three all. And you spend most of your time watching him play, you go, mm. don't jump in, Serge, don't jump in. Don't ju- oh he's jumped in oh it's a free kick and <laughs> just often it's often very late in a game you know when you think and yeah, yeah. the last thing you want to give away he's just I I don't know I I I've, there was yeah, an amazing story I read a quite a depressing um, piece in the Sunday Times business yesterday about um, the Tottenham ownership Joe Lewis the the billionaire absentee owner and and Daniel mm. Levy of course who's running the show and it, it just sort of struck me that I look at some of the other clubs. Um, I look at your kind of oligarch um, uh, setup that you have there, but you know there is yeah. an element of sporting glory in it for Roman Abramovich. He gets oh, a yeah. buzz from the you know reflected glory of the money he's put in and seeing yeah, uh, he's his creation. It for the money. You see, I mean, look, they've all got other reasons for doing things. We see that at City, yeah. and we see that other, but. Tottenham won one or two others. It is, as Jesse J once said, um, it is all about the money because um, Joe Lewis has got zero interest in football. And I come away from reading the piece about Daniel leaving. I wasn't completely sure that he's got much more interest in football purely as a fan either. There was a wonderful story in it, though, that I'd completely missed. When Spurs signed, uh, it said yesterday, when Spurs signed uh, Luka Modric from Dinamo Zagreb in 2008, Zagreb asked for five Tottenham shirts as a memento. Levy said, yeah, sure, no problem, and then deducted it from the £16.5 million transfer fee. (laughs) Now, that is probably apocryphal, but it's quite... (laughs) That's true. It is quite quite a story, isn't it? So uh, I I don't have a great deal of faith in the future, um, but we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, I'm sure. Um, by the way, Andy, some good news from World yes. of Cricket. You probably would have seen the news that mm. uh, the 100 were planning to call wickets outs because they want to completely... What they yeah, want to do is good, put anybody off the scent. This is actually a game of cricket. It's not called cricket at all. <laughs> um, but Legside Lizzie tells us in the Times that it looks like that's not happening now. They've, uh, I think they've, it maybe was a bridge too far. 
So uh, I think that's probably. And also, they're going to lose a lot of their overseas stars. I'm not sure. You know, they they wouldn't be better off. They won't do this because they're, they're desperate to get it off the ground. But I, I might have left it for another year. Yeah. Because I'm not. I'm not even convinced about the whole thing anyway, really. But there you go. And uh, you get a lot of. It's it's interesting though. I mean, I've seen Everton. I've seen Leeds. I've seen. Other, it's interesting how these other clubs who would absolutely benefit if the big six got some sort of punishment, which they do deserve something. I agree with that. But if they were points deducted or you know relegated, those clubs would benefit Leeds, Aston Villa, yeah. Everton. You know, it's all very well. You know, a lot of the comments are definitely self-serving. You know, not, none of them are much better than any of the others. To be really honest, yeah, I, 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 I would say one thing. You know, we've seen quite a lot of times clubs financially punished or having points deductions mm. further down the food chain outside the Premier League, and we never question there whether it will affect the fans or not. We say, well, you know, we. Ex- I'm sorry, we have to deduct points. We know it's not fair on the fans, but so the idea that it's it's you can't even have that discussion. About deducting points. Yeah, they've got bigger this. pockets, though. The Premier League clubs. Have I know, but, but that, you know, the principle yeah. isn't any different, is it? You know, no, club, clubs have lower division not. sides no, no. that go into administration. I have issues or wrongdoing, and they lose points. Those fans suffer. They're expected to suck it up because they happen to be in League Two, not in the Premier and it, League. And interesting stuff about parachute payments and yo-yo clubs with Norwich and Watford coming. Well, back we're discussing up. that later, Andy. Mm. Yeah, we got a yeah. guest uh, chatting about that. Dave Prutton's going to join us, uh, former. A Sheffield uh, Wednesday and Forest player. Uh, finally, however bad a day you're having, you're not having a day as bad as this fella. He was a shepherd. He sold all his sheep to pay for his wife's plastic surgery. And um, this was in uh, Turkey. And uh, she had it all done. Then she left him yeah. straight away. Really? Yeah. Took the new it's face awesome, and, and, and went off. Uh, I felt sorry for her, says um, the, uh, f- uh, the shepherd. I sold my entire flock at half price. What about that? So have a better day. She you must have had a lot of work done, or it was a small <laughs> I flock. I don't, don't know how big the flock was, but clearly uh, off she went um, and, uh, and left him with, well, what remained of his flock, which probably wasn't a great deal. So anyway, that should hopefully put it in perspective. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
from TalkSport. We head to uh, League Two. And this is a story I couldn't have done tomorrow with uh, Max Rushton as a Cambridge United fan. He, uh, but uh, Cheltenham, uh, fine victory for them uh, at yes. the weekend. Look, you don't want to count any chickens, as we say in football. But they're almost there. But uh, they've, they've still got three games left. Um, and they couldn't find the goal against Colchester at the weekend until uh, manager Michael Duff said to the kit man, go and get my gilet. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Uh, Michael, yeah. good afternoon. Have you, have you always been quite suspicious, even as a player? Superstitious. Oh, yeah, no, you've always been suspicious. <laughs> I do apologise, it's been one of those days. Superstitious, Michael, should I say. Yeah, as, as a player, I was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> just eating certain things, right right sock on, left sock on, right boot on, left, you know, all that sort of nonsense. And it is a nonsense. I don't know why I do it to myself, but like you said, it was, it was proven to be a frustrating day against Colchester. It was a lovely day. So I was just in a just in a my casual tracksuit and I turned around to the kit man and went, I know it's ridiculous and it's not because of the weather, but go and get my gilet. And I put it on and we scored three minutes later. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it uh, worked. Yeah, n- n- nothing to do with being a tactical genius or anything like that. It's just put a gilet on. I don't think <laughs> it was that simple. Where did it pick up then its mythical powers? When was the first time you realised it was a lucky gilet? Uh, the, the, the Man City game. Right. I didn't get beat 10 0. So it might have a little bit of luck for us. <laughs> Because I think before the game, that's what everyone was uh, not predicting, but fearful of. Mm. Um, and and we give a good account of ourselves. So from from that moment on, it's pretty much been tattooed on me. Yeah, talking of Man City, you're in good company though, because we've noticed over the years that Pep, if City get a penalty, he turns his back, he doesn't look at it. He's like a fan would. He just doesn't want to bock it. You know. So it's quite good. It's quite consoling for fans to know that managers and players suffer from the same superstitions that we do. Oh yeah, you know, you know, all sorts of all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Even there's an M and S by the uh, the ground, so I would stop and buy the same salad, the same drink, and the same bag of crisps before every game at the minute as well. So it's <laughs> it's ridiculous, really. It tastes like fucking nuts, but it's I'll, I'll keep doing it for the next three games. I know that. Yeah. It, it, so it's interesting, isn't it? Like you keep doing all this, and all the time you're winning, you keep doing all this. If you kind of, you know, you've, you've lost games along the way, so what do you do? Do you stick with that routine on the basis that generally you're winning, or, or do you change it up? Do you get a different bag of crisps? Do you go smoky no. bacon or something? No, no, I, I, I stick to it, and it will probably get me to the start of next season, and it'll, or another load of weirdness will start probably. So it's, uh, I, I stick to it. Like you said, we have been a little bit inconsistent recently. Um, but it's been it's been been difficult for the uh, for the players, you know, playing so many games with no fans. It's it's tough. Yeah, and it's really tight up there, isn't it? I mean, you, I mean, you know, you're a very experienced player and stuff. So can you sort of pass that on to the guys just to try and calm down a little bit? Because you know there is a lot riding on it. You're almost there, but not quite mathematically yet. Uh, and it, it must be quite difficult because you know we've seen we've seen the leadership changing hands, haven't we? Well, I think the, the challenge of the players is going to try and win the league. I think you know there's no like I said not getting ahead of ourselves um, particularly after last year in the playoffs we win the first leg away from home 2-0 and everyone's like oh you've done it you've done it so after having that sort of experience the players know it's not done yet um, and these seasons and opportunities don't come around very often so it's that's all it is it's all, it, it is a chance obviously we only do need a point to get promoted but we're not trying to limp over the line we're going to try and do everything we can to try and win the league are there any plans to get fans back at your level before the end of the season? And I think the playoffs, there's talk of uh, the playoff games, but I'm, I'm hoping we're not, we won't have any support. Yeah, you don't want to be in those. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, 
you, you're looking around the world now, you're watching the golf and there's crowds. It's, it, hopefully it's, it's not too far away now. I mean, you're, you've yeah. got three games left and two of them against clubs that have got something to play for, haven't you? In Carlisle and Newport. Um, so it's not going to be easy. No, it's no, Carlisle, I think they probably know that they have to win. So it should be a good game tomorrow because mm. um, they have to come out and it should be open and attacking. And Newport, is that they're in a similar sort of situation and they're notorious, fairly local to us and the pitch is a difficult pitch. So that's another tough one. But, you know, by hook or by crook, we just want to get off, get ourselves over the line now. Yeah. And so tomorrow night, would, it, would the, the, the lucky gilet from the start or will you call for it? Will you just sort of see how the game goes? And <laughs> is, it better, is it more lucky when it gets called for is it or, or is it the start of the game? <laughs> no, you're messing uh, with his mind, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to say I've not thought about it that much because I didn't know but I'd imagine it will be on from the start. OK. And would there ever be a point if, if the goals aren't going, you take it? Oh, no, I'm not going to get into your head this right. It's not It's not fair. And, uh, yeah, and say, it's uh, what will it mean? We often sort of talk about what promotion will mean. You don't want really to get ahead of yourself, but what, what does League 2 to League 1 sort of mean generally for the club? Well, I think the, the for, for the, our club, we've, we've, we've been promoted out of this league twice via the playoffs in its history, but we've never done it automatically. So there's an opportunity for the players to create history. Um, I think the Man City game was probably the biggest game in the club's history. So they've had a brilliant year. Mm. So it's just trying to just try and see it through. In terms of finance, I don't think it's worth loads uh, to the club in terms of financials or anything. But opportunity, a lot of our lads have played at this level for a long time. And yeah. then you look in the league above, and there's some there's some big big football clubs in that league now. Mm. So it's an opportunity to go and play in some nice stadiums against better players yeah. and play as high up the ladder as you can because that's ultimately what everyone's striving for. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Clips of the Week. Yep, 2010, last time we heard these, the producers had a listen. He's quite taken with them, so we trust him. I'm sure they'll be marvellous. Uh, as you probably just heard, we are going to kick off as we often have over the years, with Mike Parry, live in South Africa for the 2010 World Cup, reflecting on England's defeat to Germany. Revolution in Germany's economy started when they won the World Cup in 1954. Up till then, they were a ruined, strubble... Uh, 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 sorry, a ruined... Uh, sorry, a strubble... A trouble... What do they look at? A rubble strewn. What a player he was. Hamish Strun and Robble Strun. Yeah, two great German players. Not to be deterred by that, though. Uh, Mike carried on talking German football. He's seen a lot of these German players playing for their club sides and said, these were average players. These were not players that stood out to me. I wasn't coming back to England saying, right, watch out for this guy, watch out for this guy. It's all of a sudden they put a a Germany shirt on, they grow bigger. Our lads put a German shirt on and they don't grow bigger. No, that wouldn't do, would they? You're going to get fined by FIFA. That wouldn't help. <laughs> of course, it wasn't just the World Cup going on at that time. There yeah. was Wimbledon too. And here's Alan Brazil with uh, the legendary racing expert, Derek Tomo Thompson. Uh, Tomo, uh, Wimbledon, are you there? Have you been yet? I would love to, but I'm going to Sheffield Greyhound Stadium tonight, guys. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, great. I love the strawberries and cream there. Well, he's got a little bit of grit in them for some reason. Gets kicked off the old cinder track, I think. That's the trouble. That's a good clip there. Yeah. Sticking with Wimbledon, here's news of some, some of the British interest. 
And at Wimbledon, Andy Murray's third up on centre court later. He takes on Gilles Simon in the third round of the men's signals. I love the old men's signals. What a great regiment they were. Maybe the regimental goat of the men's signals. Uh, this is Mark Saggers. Uh, it's, quite, it's quite nice. We haven't heard these. Normally we've heard the clips before we, we do them, mm. but this is all new to us. Especially with something like a memory like Andy's. He could hear last week's clips and not remember them. Here's, here's Mark Saggers taking a call. I want to quickly go through these uh, calls uh, now. Jerry has been waiting patiently. Good uh, morning to you, Jerry. First fan in Harlow. Oh, good morning, Saggers. Um... Oh. 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 The yeah. old surname. Oh, they they call him by his surname. Morning, Saggers. I, it took me a long time to realise that Saggers wasn't his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I, know what, I know why she went there. Yeah, not a nickname <laughs> when it's your real name. That's, that's the <laughs> Not <word>. really, no. <laughs> Very true. Back to Mr Parry in South Africa again. This time looking ahead to an upcoming guest. A bit later on in the show, we're going to be talking to the irredeemable uh, Spurs boss, Harry Redknapp. Thank you for that, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Harry beyond redemption Redknapp, according to Mike Parry. What about that? Uh, Harry did eventually join Mike on the show. Uh, let's uh, hear how it went. Good morning, Harry. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Yeah, good morning, Harry. Well, uh, the, the answer to that is I'm pig sick, I'm frustrated, fed up, uh, disconsolate and uh, terribly, terribly sorry for tens of thousands of England fans, Harry, that you and I have both seen out here. We were at the game yesterday and we saw the, you know, the expectancy on the faces of those fans let down very, very yeah. badly. <laughs> I think I'm fine would have done, really. <laughs> that probably would have probably covered it. Yeah. Actually, sticking with Harry, this caller did come out with a surprise revelation about the former Spurs boss. It was great to see Harry Redknapp break into the top floor. Oh, really? <laughs> Another terrible... He's beyond redemption. Slurred. Now he's a burglar. God, they've been giving him some clog, haven't they? Here's a caller to Alvin Martin, clearly still furious at England's early exit from the World Cup. I think all the players that are playing the World Cup should be dropped from that team. All of them, Richard? All of them. Every single one of them. There's so an argument for that. on Sunday. But, you know, that, that, surely that, that is uh, that's throwing the, the, the baby out with the dishwater. I think that's the saying, isn't it, Richard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the baby out with the dishwater? <laughs> Who's washing the baby in the dishwater? <laughs> no, he, he, brought, he brought David up hard, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he I've did. done the washing up, Dave, you're having a bath. Uh, so, uh, this is Andrew McKenna with the Sports News. In an hour's time, the World Cup does continue with Holland against Slovakia in Durban. This evening in Johannesburg, it is Brazil against Chile. <laughs> they are quite right. Brazil, aren't they, Brazil? It's not wrong, Maka. They can be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the lines again. And Ian Danter trying to take some calls on England. Chris uh, is an England fan in Ascot. Hi, Chris, you're on Talk Sport. Yeah, hiya. Hi, Chris. Make yeah, your point, Mike. Chris. Shall I turn the radio down? Please do. It'd be a great idea, yeah. I'm sure you were right. told that anyway, but go on, yeah. yeah. yeah Just for us. Right. What's your Am point, Chris? Yes, you are live on the air. Speak to the nation. Hi, hi guys, how you doing? Very well, well sound, thanks mate, yeah. Good, good, good. Right, am I, am I on the radio? You're all right, mate, we've had enough now. <laughs> You're not winning the Wicks vouchers. I came off at that point. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, here's our commentary team of John Ronan and Bobby Gould during the tournament, and Bobby revealing a shock member of the Dutch team. Just lays it back now to Van der Veel, played back in turn to Heitinger, then to Matheson, and moving it across that back line. Yeah, look at the shape, though, John. You've got to see there's four men, and then there's two wide players either side, Dick Van Dyke. 
Wow, not bad for a bloke who was in his 80s then. That's very yeah, impressive. His good. Dutch accent's not as good as his Cockney he, one, though, of course. He was obviously a sweeper, wasn't he? he got, there oh, you go. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much. This is one that's become a particular favourite of ours when we dust off the classic clips at Christmas. It's Adrian and Goffey with a competition winner. We have a winner, don't we, Goffey? Yes, Yay! we have. Darren's our winner. Congratulations, Darren. You've just won a break to Turkey for you and a mate from Gatwick. What if I haven't got a mate from Gatwick? <laughs> That's a very limiting, very limiting prize, isn't it? I do love that. If I haven't got, a, I know somebody lives in Crawley. Not good enough, says Goffey. Gatwick on out. And, and finally, it's uh, Alan Brazil with a special guest, the Dutch legend Hans van Brooklyn. At least we think that's who it was. Perhaps Alan can clarify. You need hands to hold someone you care. Uh, former Dutch keeper and, of course, winner back in Euro 88. Hans van Brooklyn joins us now. Hans, good morning. Morning, Hans. Good morning, Ellen and Ronnie. How are you doing? Ah, we're good, Hans. Right. And so far, so good for Holland, eh? Super, Hans. Hans, uh, Friday, we can't wait. In fact, there's some great games, Hans. I'm looking forward to tonight. Spain, Portugal. Yes. Hans, I'm trying to get in the head of the Dutch players, Van Persie, who's had a little break. How mentally, Hans, will the Dutch players be against, so far, a very impressive Brazil? Hans, will they be... Is there any chance the Dutch players will be intimidated because it's Brazil, or will they say, no, we are man for man, we are as good as you? Hans, just finally, and I'll make it quick, um, Hans, Holland have a great, great record of bringing young players in a small country, it's not the biggest league in the world. Hans, brilliant. Good luck to the Dutch on Cheers, Friday, Hans. Hans. Thank you. Hans van Brooklyn there. But the hands we love so dear. Fantastic. Oh. I didn't quite catch who it was, but it was a nice mention for the peep show. Super Hands got a mention. <laughs> Super Hands, he threw and that in. Yeah. Mentally Hands, he said. Well, well, they are. But, yeah, the full Alan Brazil, please, Hands classic. experience. Oh, they were very good. Yeah, well done. Those. Yeah, that's a nice to hear them again in 2010. Anyway, we'll dip in once again to the old Clips of the Week pewter for you. Uh, around the same time next week. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Hope you enjoyed a few of those old clips. We'll try and bring you some more next week. Uh, Max Rushton will be alongside me tomorrow. Andy will return with Jeff Peters on Thursday for the birthday spread. And Andy returns to the studio for the clips of the week and more on Friday. If you can listen in tomorrow, great. We'd love to uh, uh, hear from you. If not, uh, the podcast is available at around five. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.